Welcome to the R&R Experience Podcast. My name is Raquel, not Rachel. The other host is Regina, not Regina. We are two friends who decide to get together and talk about life. We feel like life is better when it's shared. So we'll cover lots of different topics. We'll talk about relationships, dating, sex. We'll talk about politics, pop culture, mental health, physical health. You name it, we're going to cover it. If this is your first time joining us, check out episode one, Meet the Host. You'll learn why am I called Raquel, not Rachel, or why is she called Regina, not Regina. You'll learn more about who we are and what we stand for. Today, we have a wonderful episode for you. So thanks for joining. Enjoy. Sin is one of the instructors I met at Humble Haven Yoga a couple of months ago. I took her twerk yoga class with my girlfriends and it was amazing. Had a wonderful time. So I wanted to bring her here to R&R to share her information about yoga to our listeners. So welcome, Sin. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Thank you so much, Raquel and Regina, for uh, having me here. I'm so excited. As you all stated, my name is Sin Warache. I am from... Norfolk slash Chesapeake, Virginia, with origins from Nigeria. My parents are Nigerian. I am a social worker as well as a yoga teacher. I'm very community oriented. So honestly, how I came to my mat, I was in a time where I deeply needed community. And when I say that, it was during the time of the pandemic. To be completely transparent with you all, it was very rough just having to isolate from individuals that I loved, held near and dear and things of that nature and adjusting to a different way of doing things, right? And also the political climate we were in, I was very angry with <laughs> with folks. I felt very enraged. Again, I value community so much. So usually I really love to spread love, give love, receive love, all that good stuff. But I just felt very disengaged, very angry, not really, for lack of better words, like fucking with, with certain you know people. Yeah. And so I was like, this is not how I want to exist. Um, the gym, I usually, I really loved the gym during that time. And even then it was a struggle trying to get up, going to the gym. I didn't want to go. I stopped going, even working out at my place that just all ceased. And so in a space of trying to get back to my origin, trying to get back to my roots, I found yoga. I am a Christian, so it's weird how yoga came to me because I haven't always felt welcome in yoga spaces because it is predominantly white and Mm -hmm. just like spaces Mm -hmm. where representation matters. So going into spaces where feeling unseen or as if you're just there, that didn't feel good. So I'm like, I tried it once. I was like, "Mm, no, absolutely not. But I really believe God told me to become a yoga teacher. I, I did not have a consistent yoga practice when I use my STEMI to, to get my yoga teacher certification. <laughs> so when I went to yoga teacher training, again, representation, it was me and another Black woman in there. And we were the only two people of color in the certification program. Okay. And I felt as if I was behind just because I didn't know all the poses as everyone. It just seemed like people had already been in their practice for, for quite some time. But fast forwarding, yoga, my mat in particular is where I go to connect with God and self. And the reason why I say that on my mat, I wholeheartedly can be myself. I can move freely, unapologetically. I prioritize my breath with intentional breathing and things of that nature. Little Black girls from a young age were socialized into shrinking ourselves by the way we're taught to cross Mm -hmm. our legs to be seen and not heard. Let us not um, show any emotion because we will be perceived as an angry 
Angry black true. woman or, Very you know, true, so just yes. these stereotypes that have been historically put on black women to shrink ourselves and not take up space. And even the black body in general, media shows us that the black body, the black breath is disposable when there's a clear disregard of the black body and things of that nature. So just when I go to my mat, it's me really dismantling those myths that growing up in Western culture has the narrative that Western culture has put on bodies that look like mine. No, I wholeheartedly matter. I'm deserving to be here. I'm deserving to take up space. So it just allows for me to really do a lot of inner work. So that's why I say I go to my mat to connect with God and self. On my mat, I'm reminded of God's affirmations um, over my life. And I'm reminded of who I am. Sometimes you have to, you have to talk your own shit. You have to know, you have to believe that you're able to take up space. Um, And I do a lot of research on taking up space. So even when you physically take up space, so even before a meeting or if I'm facilitating a meeting or having an interview, I'll physically expand my body because that triggers to my mind like, yeah, you're deserving of taking up space. I belong here. Um, Because even subconsciously, yeah, you should try that. Seriously, it sounds sounds silly, but when you're in it, it's like, no, because we do shrink ourselves when we feel self-conscious, when we feel nervous and anxious. We'll we'll tuck our chin and our our shoulders will slouch and things like that. So Mm -hmm. just being really conscious about like no i'm gonna walk around this bitch with my crown raised to the to the heavens so yeah i wanted to ask you a question because you said that you were led to yoga and you're a christian woman and i know there's stereotypes about yoga and especially with meditation how does that correlate with being a christian woman was was that a struggle for you because i know some people feel like they don't want to do yoga because of the meditation and they think that it goes against Christian values? Yeah, that's a really great question. And honestly, I think in the beginning I did struggle with it, but then that's also in the space of self-awareness, getting to know myself. And honestly, my relationship with God is my relationship with God. It's not necessarily for the next person to understand, but I personally believe meditations are like prayers. My meditations are are prayers. And of course, I'm very mindful of other people's belief systems. So I'm not going to go in a yoga class unless it's specifically named like what we're there for talking about God. I had this conversation with my mom recently, which is really funny. But I really think that by the way I show up for self and for others, that's displaying God's love. So I don't have to name God at all. For people to feel my love and things of that nature. So I'm very liberal in thinking. So I don't have a conservative mindset and even around some of the doctrine in the Bible. So I have a different view upon it. I think Western culture has really ran with it and and like switched stuff up. And I don't think that we're necessarily practicing (laughs) how it was intended. I don't find meditation demonic at all. For me, it's like a prayer. Honestly, sometimes when I'm on my mat, I'll put on gospel music. That's me praise dancing mm-hmm. and connecting. If we believe that God is within us, like truly believe God is within us, then we don't have to necessarily be in the four walls of a church to express that um, love. So I'm not knocking anyone, of course, but mm-hmm. again, my relationship with God is my relationship with God. And I know that some people won't necessarily understand that and it's not for them to to understand. And that's why I think yoga is really great with getting to no self. So you're able to speak clearer to those things. Because when I did start yoga, I was not able to speak clearly to it. I was very impressionable, like, oh, okay, you're right. Let's see what you're saying. 
But now I can speak with authority. Yes, I do. I am a Christian, but I'm also very much so spiritual in nature. And yoga is a spiritual practice. And even like most religions, they have the same role and principles. If you really dive deep into them, love is at the forefront of it. So if we're just practicing loving ourselves, loving our neighbor, and just really exemplifying love Mm -hmm. and being in relationship, it's all about perspective, honestly. That's good. That's good. Now, I have never taken yoga myself. Well, I've taken it one time, like years, years ago. I was probably in my 30s. Okay. But, <laughs> but how would one prepare for your yoga class? Because I know you incorporate twerking, correct? So how um, do you prepare mentally or because I mean, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I don't just teach twerk yoga. Did you want me to speak in general or specific to twerk yoga? How no, would one prepare just for that? whatever you do. Yeah. OK, yeah. So I think it takes some time to get out of your head. I think it's easier said than done, of course. But again, yoga is a personal practice. So when we're better able to connect with, and that's where meditation comes in. You just taking a a moment, not to silence your thoughts, Mm -hmm. because I think that's a myth that we often hear. I personally don't think that we need to silence our thoughts. It's more so just allowing for more empowering thoughts to occur and just using meditation as a way to connect deeper with self, connect your movement with your breath, notice the rhythmic vibrations of your breath and things of that nature. But I, I think a great way to prep because yoga is a way of existing as well. So even if I'm not on my yoga mat, I can still be practicing yoga. But with that being said, for people who are coming into it, I encourage them to one, just begin to notice their breath, breathe intentionally rather than autopilot. Notice Mm -hmm. your inhale, the way your lungs are expanding, and then notice the exhale, how your belly kind of deflates and things of that nature. And Mm -hmm. also reminding them that Nobody is looking at you, sis. Easier said than done, but I promise you, no one is looking at you. We're all worried about ourselves. We're all in our own head. And I think that holds a lot of people back because I often hear people say, oh, I'm not flexible. Oh, I don't know how to do this. You don't need to be flexible to do yoga. I I know people have different intentions when they step on their mat. I don't view yoga as necessarily an exercise. You will get a sweat um, depending on the style of yoga you're taking. But my intention for stepping on my mat is more so to, again, it's a spiritual practice, connect with self, connect with God, but also engage in unapologetic movement. People always laugh. If you've ever practiced yoga alongside me, I'm always, I'm moving. I'm not just- I can attest to that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being unapologetic. You'll have people look at you and girl, what? Like, what are you, you're doing too much. And then that's, again, I think that comes into the spiritual practice of knowing that those who look at you and kind of frown for doing too much, like, Mm -hmm. are those necessarily even your people? Because your people, your community, people who truly want you to succeed and be authentic in your entire being, they're going to want you to do what makes you feel good, whether that's dance, whether that's yoga, whether that's music. So, yeah. I, I can I, say, Sin, when I took your class with my girlfriends, uh, that's the one thing that I enjoyed. The message that you gave is even if you don't have a lot of experience, you're welcome. It's about you. That was your message. It's about you. And don't worry about what your neighbor is doing. We all came in with different levels of 
physicality, different body types. And you were very encouraging, just saying, you got this. I see you. You're doing a good job. So I felt empowered when I was in your class because I, I felt like it was about me and my journey. And I didn't worry about what my neighbor was doing. It was all about what I was doing. So I think your messaging is, is dead on. I appreciate that, Raquel. And you're right. It was absolutely all about you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So appreciate that. So can you talk about the origins of, of yoga a little bit? Yeah. So I think even that is controversial <laughs> because, of course, yoga is not a Western practice. It's come from other spaces like India, Africa, one might argue, I might argue. For instance, like comedic yoga, that is a yoga specifically that originated in Egypt, in Africa. And so being intentional about like incorporating these indigenous practices in and kind of removing the Western philosophy from it. Because again, speaking to yoga being a way of life, there are principles associated with yoga, like yamas and niyamas. And that just speaks to how one should present themselves. And again, going back to religious doctrine, it talks to being doing things that are non-harming. So that's don't harm yourself, don't harm your neighbor, non-stealing, don't taking too much like in excess things that you don't necessarily need. So it just it just speaks to the way that we're showing up. And that's why I always sp- speak to the spiritual component of yoga rather than it. Again, you can work out from doing yoga, but there are other components of it that really helps one like exist in life to be a better person for self, a better person for the community and things of that nature. So I say all that to say, it depends on who you ask, like where, where it originated from. Okay. So what are some do's and don'ts, you know, regarding yoga? That's a really great question. Like, is this, are there certain things that maybe you shouldn't do before taking a yoga class? Or for instance, should you just do basic stretching before doing your yoga class or just come in just ready to go? Yeah, you don't have to necessarily do um, basic stretching before a yoga class because you're going to get some some stretching in for sure. Just based <laughs> off of experience, I would not eat heavy before a yoga class because, for mm. instance, when you're compressing your stomach, when you're folding and stuff like that, um, it may not okay. feel too good. But again, that would be more so just listening to your body and noticing what doesn't feel good for you. I would not come intoxicated because, again, like you're going to be moving a lot. So you don't want a situation where your stomach is upset or you're just not feeling at your best. But honestly, in a practice that's all about you, Mm -hmm. I would you set the do's and the, the don'ts. So whatever, however you feel like showing up authentically that day, I highly encourage it. And that's, again, that's going back to indigenous spiritual practices. I'm all for throwing away what Western culture has kind of like mm-hmm. injected into different um, practices gotcha. that wasn't even theirs. But yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say there aren't any do's and don'ts. But again, speaking from my body, I know that if I'm about to um, teach yoga or practice yoga in particular, I'm not going to eat very heavy um, because okay. I want to be able to move unapologetically um, without restriction and things of that nature. Okay. Right. So come as you are. I know some people, when I took the class, some people had shorts on, some people had leggings on. Is there a certain attire you recommend that people wear when they do yoga? Honestly, comfortable clothes. Personally, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's comfortable clothes. Um, I've been in yoga settings and like un- other instructors have like other white instructors have commented and then I'll come in the next day or they'll have on shorts or someone else will have on shorts. So also realizing that 
the yoga space isn't different from any other space in regards mm-hmm. to body policing or just like making people feel a certain type of way. But mm, okay. I think you should wear what makes you feel comfortable and F what other people have to say. If you feel comfortable, if you feel safe in your body, if you can move freely in your attire, then come as you are. Truly. Listening to you and the body policing, I think there is a lot of judgment around black women and our bodies, especially when exercising. Yeah. You know, we have hips and thighs, our butts are shaped differently. And when we wear shorts, it's judged and we're sexualized, mm-hmm. whereas other cultures can do it and it's acceptable. Eyes are on you. If you come as you are and someone sees you in shorts, like why is she wearing shorts? Her butt's too big for those shorts, that type of thing. Do you run into that in your practice a little bit or can you speak to that a little bit? So, yeah, depending on where I practice, because I teach at three different studios. One of the studios is black owned. So not necessarily there. But again, the comment that I was referring to um, was made at one of the the white studios. And of course I work here. So I'm trying to at least wear something that wouldn't be deemed as inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But even in that sense, I have run into that. And that's going back to black, little black girls being socialized into shrinking themselves, like speaking on the dress code policy, who who was reprimanded for wearing certain attires um, versus a white counterpart can come in with the exact same outfit, shopping at the exact same place. But like you spoke to Raquel, the shape is different. So just the policing of the body. So I have seen stuff like that. Honestly, I think conversations are important. So I think we've done a really great job of appeasing people and not rocking the boat, but just Mm -hmm. naming in that space like, hey, I didn't find that comment funny or you know, appropriate. And here's why. But I'm also in a space of not teaching white people because literally folks can research every, any You're not and the educator. Else. You don't want to be I'm the educator. That people really can research any and everything else. It's so problematic. Folks expect you to teach them. And I'm just not in that space in my life. To- so mm-hmm. are there different types of yoga for different I guess, fitness goals. I know you do, like Raquel took the twerk yoga class, but is that one specific for a specific goal or does it matter? Or is this like personal preference? So it's personal preference. There are different styles of yoga. So you'll have restorative yoga, which during that yoga style, you'll see more props brought in, like bolsters, blankets, just just different props that can be more supportive within your practice. Of course, blocks, I recommend blocks with any style. I'm certified in power yoga, which is a hot power yoga. So that's taught in a hot room and the room is at like 105 degrees. And it is a lot of movement. It it is very much so a lot of movement, but it really depends on the individual's intention. Because the room is so hot, I do believe it's an acquired taste first and foremost. No, it's not, it's not, everybody's not going <laughs> to like power. Hot power it is yoga. not made for everyone. No, it's not made for everyone. And that's okay. That's, that's life. Um, Cause you know, as African-American women, the first thing with, oh, wait a minute, my hair, like, how am I going to do that? That's yeah. <laughs> and, and I say this all the time. I started my consistent yoga practice at the same time I was going through the certification program. And during that time, I did have sister locks. Mm-hmm. I have not worked out for two weeks in the past when I was a natural because mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't, I can't sweat my hair out. Um, <laughs> this has to last. For has to la- that, y'all, that's a real thing. That's a it real legitimate thing that, concern. 
a lot of people don't take into consideration when we speak to wellness for black women or, you know what I mean? Um, I think that should be in the conversation more so um, than it currently is. So there are other styles um, of yoga with different intentions. For instance, the twerk yoga, yeah, like there was a lot of movement there, but the intention was more so the unapologetic movement. Okay. So is the that, of it. that could be for a beginner? Yeah. So <laughs> it really depends. That's why I like to converse with folks beforehand to kind of gauge what the needs are. Okay. So for instance, if someone tells me, hey, I'm nervous, this is my first yoga class, I do take that into consideration a, a lot. Even if no one tells me that, I do speak to different ways to be in a pose. So for instance, if we're in a lunge, using blocks to alleviate some of that weight that you're placing on your knee or whatever region of the body is connected to the earth, things of that nature. If you have knee problems, I'll recommend using a blanket for a cushion, especially I teach yin yoga, which is a style of yoga where you hold poses for three to five minutes Mm. at a time. And the intention of yin yoga is it's still active. And why it's active is because it takes a lot for for ones to sit with themselves for it's for however long the class is. If you're in a pose for three to five minutes, it's set to either have no music or very low instrumental music. So that way you're not allowing for external distractions to kind of have your mind wandering. So it's really intended for you to go within and just like notice the places in your body that feel stuck. And then working towards nurturing it. So you're not even using, exuding your full strength in these postures or going 100% into it. You're trusting your breath to guide you deeper into the pose when your body is ready. So guiding yourself deeper can literally simply mean just deepening your breath or deepening your intention. It doesn't necessarily mean like if you're in a split, it doesn't mean like getting deeper into your split. So yeah, so to answer your question, I do like to speak with folks before the class just so I have an idea of the different levels, the various levels, um, so that everyone still is is able to get something out of it, whether it's their first time on the mat or they practice five times a week. I think I know the answer to this question, but are you able to do yoga, I guess, without meditating? Yeah, you definitely can. Depending on the type of class you take, for instance, if it's an hour class, the teacher might just start with integrating into the body, which can be deemed as a meditation or it's just starting in child's pose um, when your hips are towards your Mm -hmm, heels and your mm -hmm. hands are walked forward. And then from there, you begin to do spinal movements like through cat and cow movements and things like that. So to answer your question, yes, you can do yoga without having a meditative component to it. So when we did the twerk yoga, was meditation part of it? The ending, was that the meditation part of it? So that wasn't necessarily meditation. So I am a huge affirmations girly. That's Mm -hmm. how I give Mm -hmm. and receive love. So that part of it was called deep rest. The end, um, Shavasana is the name when you're laying on your, your back and there's silence and you're just allowing for everything to settle down, the body to cool down and things of that nature. So you could call that, it was an informal meditation. Okay. If that, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Cause I think some people get, a, when they hear the word meditation, it scares them. It's more about just tuning into, to yourself and what you're feeling and who you are basically. Yeah, that's how I interpret it. It's more about self yes. going inward. 
Exactly, Raquel. And that's how I lead my meditations. It's literally just spending time with the most important person in your life, which is you. It's Mm -hmm. easy for us, especially Black women, to forget that just being nurturing by nature, like caring for children, for spouses, for friends, for parents, you know what I mean? So just really emphasizing that this is your time to spend with self. I'm a huge component of taking yourself on dates um, and then even just doing things that feel good in your body. So, yeah. Yeah, because that was kind of going to lead to my question about the emotional benefit, because I know you mentioned at first you got into it when COVID hit, feeling isolated. So it just sounds like that's something that would benefit all of us these days because there's so much going on in the world. And sometimes you just need to kind of disconnect from it (laughs) and connect with disconnect and connect. Right. You disconnect (laughs) and you connect. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just to speak to that, there are some styles of yoga that I personally don't fuck with. And that's just because of my beliefs. So again, it's just knowing what's in alignment with your morals, um, principles and values and things of that nature. Okay. That is very important. Yeah. And you have to always listen to your body. Right. And I think that's what yoga does. Number one. Yeah. Listen to your body because it speaks to you. All day long. <laughs> all day. All day. That's Always communicating you get. You. It's telling you to sit down a minute. Disconnect. Right. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> you got to get up and move. You know, yeah. it's, it's communicating with you all day long, right? Have you all ever ignored your body before and then you were so burnt out that you had no choice but to slow down? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> you're right. You have to listen to your body or your body will make you sit down so oh, yeah yes. it'll make you it definitely will <laughs> raquel she was talking about twerking i was like twerking yoga i was like that's interesting right so, <laughs> make it make yeah, sense so, right <laughs> yeah so please tell our listeners what exactly i mean because you know some of us might not know how to twerk you know so it's like well what am i gonna take that for so what are the benefits really of especially the twerking class is that to yeah. kind of get somebody free out of their head what's the benefits there are so many benefits it's a combination of so much so speaking first to i guess the scientific part of it so we hold so much trauma our emotions in the hip region of our body and research indicates when we shake so even when dogs shake they're relieving anxiety like because they're anxious they're nervous so they shake So shaking actually signals to the nervous system to calm down, to relax. And you know, like we're talking, you're like shaking your ass. So it's a form of shaking. So this is how it all makes sense in my head. And then also you're intentionally shaking the hip region of your body. So you are signaling to the body, you're actively working to release stagnant emotions and just Mm -hmm. emotions that we try to hide from the world. And most importantly, we try to hide from self. So we're able to release these emotions in a fun way, but also calming the nervous system. And then you bring in your breath. I always speak to connecting your breath to your movement, intertwining those two components, because when you're moving to the rhythm of your own breath, it's such an empowering experience. And again, like in the Black body, the intentionality behind breathing, especially when we have people who look like they're gasping for air. People are just disposing of lives left and right. So it's a powerful practice as well. And then speaking to the spiritual portion of twerk yoga, 
ancestors have been mm-hmm. throwing ass for centuries. <laughs> and just like returning back to the healing practices that our ancestors incorporated as well, dancing music has always been like a staple of black community it brings Mm -hmm. community together even when you're by yourself we put our music to clean when it's time to get it done i'm putting on gospel you know i'm getting it done so just really incorporating those practices and then tying it into black women and i know i'm speaking to body policing because again it took me a long time to get where i am because i I didn't always feel worthy enough to, of being seen. I did shrink myself. So it's me doing a lot of inner work to dismantle these things. And I want my sisters to be empowered the same way. I want us to all win and feel free in our body. But with that being said, there's so much shame around twerking. It's distasteful. It's this, it's that, mm-hmm. it's vulgar. Oh. And of course, if it doesn't feel good in your body, by all means, that's probably not for you. But if it does feel good in your body, we're not doing it because someone is telling us it's distasteful. So mm-hmm. really dismantling those false beliefs of self, something that's healing, how can that be distasteful by nature? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also mirror work, getting really comfortable with your body and showering yourself with affirmations, but also dancing in the mirror. That's mm-hmm. a form of healing too. Mm-hmm. That's very empowering because it's also just, again, dating yourself or taking time for self to love on yourself out loud. Oftentimes, we're so good at empowering other people, even coming on this call and like, yes, beautiful melanin woman, you know what I mean? But when it comes to ourselves, sometimes it's harder for us to remind ourselves of how great we are. So, you know, like how they say, like, fake it till you make it. So the more you do something repetitively, it becomes a pattern, then it becomes a behavior. So now all of a sudden, this is your way of existing. So in that state, it's a spiritual practice because dance has always been a way to cultivate joy, mm-hmm. peace, community, and things of that nature. And for those who have like, I need uh, I need evidence why this practice is healing. How does it release? Then speak into where a lot of us hold our emotions. So just like working to unstuck ourselves, mm-hmm. that's a really great practice to intentionally invite in movement in specific areas of the body. I like that. I, I do think for me, twerking first of all i need to i want to learn how to twerk i i don't know how to do it (laughs) i do think it's calling on the ancestors i'm calling them but they're i don't think they can hear me because i don't know what i'm doing i'm moving and i'm like come on ancestors i'm calling you where are you where are you and yeah it's a disconnect there needs to be a class to teach people how to twerk i try to get regina to join she has no interest she has a very nice rear end Okay, she has the goods. She has the goods, but she's not interested in twerking. But that's one of my goals. I think it's wonderful. Like you're saying that there's a spirituality, there's a sensuality to it. It's a connection with self. It's Mm -hmm. all of that, right? It's just about you and your movement and you're dancing like no one's watching because really it's inward. It's what you're doing. So I say all that to say, is there a way to teach someone to twerk? Or is it naturally that you got it or you don't? Honestly, I'm that person like, so what exactly is twerking? So I'm that person who always asks those questions. Uh I honestly, I feel again, that has a lot to do with being stuck in your head. You you are getting it, Raquel. (laughs) But me saying that to you, that means nothing. If you felt like, you know, I wasn't doing, you know what I mean? Like what I'm saying does not matter if the person doesn't believe. And so with that being said, Yes, it's a twerk yoga class, but the focus is not on the twerking piece of it. Um, exactly. It's like the yeah. it's the benefits of it. And then so mm-hmm. I think once 
people are able to understand that for themselves, not me telling them, but they're like, oh no, this is, this is for me. Once they're able to understand like, okay, I'm here because, and again, a lot of people come to the map for very different things. So maybe it's, I just really need to be in community and I'm looking for a fun way to be in community or I need to heal. My body feels really tense and I need to release some tension. So movement, like movement is such a beautiful, it's medicine. Movement is medicine. It is medicine. I love that. People, people might come to their mat for those reasons, but my question is, it's kind of like asking the same question you're asking. What is twerking? What is well, okay. <laughs> Sin has a nice package too. So she was moving and uh-huh. we were all mesmerized. I think I told you, Regina, I said, we met <laughs> yeah. this wonderful woman, Sin. She was moving it and we were all like, we want to do that. And I guess comparison <laughs> is the robber of joy. We can't compare what your body does is what your body does. I can't expect my body to move that way. And my body is twerking the best way that it knows how. I haven't perfected it the way that I want to, but I am moving. And I think your point is important that you do move and get out of my head if I'm doing it right and just move and whatever it does, it does. So maybe I need to adopt that mindset. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's I also think that like, would be all of us kind of like you're just in your head about am I doing this right? <laughs> Even me, like I'm in my head sometimes as well. But also loose fitted clothes, clothing as well is really helpful. If you remember, mm-hmm. my shorts were really loose. So that's why it gave my booty room to move around. It, like, it was I, nice. It was nice. <laughs> thank you. If I had on yes. tighter leggings, it wouldn't have um, been moving like that. I do always recommend people wearing loose fitted bottoms so that moves better yeah i've been practicing sin (laughs) yes when you text me that i was like come on (laughs) (laughs) so is yoga for everyone is it for the young the old men women everyone everyone yes i i truly believe every single body every body everyone but also every body every shape every size um woman child man Everyone can benefit from yoga. And again, the intention can be different. Even for me, I might step on the mat today and my intention for stepping on my mat might be different from what it'll be tomorrow. And that's, again, really taking time to listen to your body. What does my body need? Like, yeah, my body needs fast movement today, but tomorrow my body just needs to be in child's pose for one hour long. And that's Mm -hmm. still yoga. Um, And again, you can do yoga off of your mat. I'm a strong believer that being a kind person, being non-harming to self, to others, that's practicing yoga principles, um, just being a good human being, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy. The world the world could really use a lot more genuine, good human beings. A whole lot um, more. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. so what's the average length of a yoga class? Is it like- an hour, usually okay. an hour, but between 45 minutes and an hour and a half. Two-hour classes, those are more so like workshops. So Mm. you're not necessarily moving that long unless it's a slower-paced class. But So the staple is maybe 45-minute classes, an hour class, and an hour-and-a-half class. And I can say it does work your entire body. It works your core, your glutes, your arms. I felt it the next day after taking your class. And I I felt good emotionally and physically. But some people feel as though if you're doing yoga – it's, there's not enough cardio involved, but I think there's different types of yoga, like we mentioned before. So you can do the cardio yoga. You can do something that's slower pace or medium pace. So you have to see what fits for your goals and what you're looking for. 
I would think being yeah. in a warm room, that's cardio enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking the stereotypical form of yoga, which, you know, is slower paced, but there are very cardio induced yoga classes. Mm-hmm. Again, hot power, you will be, you'll be moving for sure. You're mm-hmm. sweating within mm-hmm. the first 15 minutes. So it just depends on, again, what your body needs. So what is the message you want to leave our listeners with today? Yes. Again, just speaking from a space of deep love for community, deep love for self, I really just want people to feel empowered in their skin. It's my prayer that all of us, specifically Black women, everyone, but specifically Black women, that we're able to, when we wake up in the morning, when we look in the mirror, we are deeply and passionately in love with the person looking back at us. And I'm not saying that's easy and just thanking everyone for showing up for self because Mm -hmm. when we're able to show up for ourselves, that gives those around us the permission to do the same thing in their body. So just taking up space unapologetically, showing up authentically, that's a radical act of self-love. It's a radical act of community love. Just imagine how much healing, the possibility of how much healing that can take place if we were all just intentional about loving ourselves out loud, unconditional love. Personally, I believe the only love that should be unconditional is love for self. That's just my personal belief. I know that might be an unpopular opinion. I don't think we should continue putting ourselves in harm's way. With self, I think it's so important to nurture ourselves to the point where we can offer ourselves the love that we're seeking externally. We have everything within us to cultivate the love that we seek from others, everything within us to cultivate the peace that we're hoping to receive from other relationships and things of that nature. So my message is just just love yourself out loud. And when when you were talking, it reminds me of the pilots say if there's an accident or the plane is going down, you're supposed to put the mask on yourself first before you help others. And a lot of moms say, no, I'm going to help my kid first. You need to put the mask on yourself first before you help anybody else, right? So that self-care, as women, we do not do that. We take care of everyone else, right? So that metaphor, putting the mask on yourself and protect yourself and take care of yourself first. And then that way you have energy to take care of other people. And you're more kind and more compassionate and more loving and you're not angry. And that community thing that you're talking about, you're able to connect with others but it starts with yourself. So I, I like yeah. your message. It's a very good message. Very good. I like that analogy about the pot because yeah, that is so true. That really ties it all in together. Yeah, that was good, Raquel. So you want to give us your social media handles. We want the listeners to know how to reach you. Yes. So my Instagram handle is unapologetically sin. I'm gonna spell it for you. So U N A P O L. O-G-E-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y dot C-Y-N. So that is my Instagram handle. I do not post that much on Facebook, but if you'd like to follow me on Facebook, it is my name, my full name, Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A, Y-R-C-H-A, N as in Nancy, W as in walk, A as in apple, R as in room, a is in Apple, C as in Cynthia, H as in Harry Potter, and E as in Elephant. So they can register if anyone's interested in your classes. They can go on your website and register. Or do they call you? 
So working on the website, however, if they follow me on Instagram, I typically pull, I teach weekly classes. Okay. However, if I have a specialty class coming up, I always post it on my Instagram page, my Instagram story and things of that nature. So definitely a website is coming, but for now they can plug in via Instagram and then also on Instagram, I can give them my number so we can, because again, I like to converse with folks so I have a full understanding. Especially if it's a private class, mm-hmm. I can talk to them and see what their needs are so I can cater the class around their okay. needs. Your class sounds something like Raquel took it with her girlfriends, like uh, a girl's night out. I mean, a girl's day out. That would be a nice activity for a group of ladies to come together. Yeah. yeah. You're teaching your classes at Humble Haven Yoga or you teach them at yes. other spots as well? Yes. So I teach at Humble Haven Yoga. Um, I also teach at the Well Collective, which is in downtown uh, Richmond, (laughs) like near the Shackle Bottom area. Okay. And there's another studio called Tao, which is in Currytown next to, I don't know if you're all familiar with Can Can. It's in the cut. You have to go upstairs, but there's a yoga studio in that space um, called Tao. Yeah. Oh, lots of neat spaces. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. This has been delightful. Learned a lot of good information. Yes, I learned a lot about yoga. I did not know. Yeah. So, Regina, you're going to take a class with me? Just one class? Pull up, Regina. It doesn't have to be twerk. (laughs) It has to be twerk. Array of classes. (laughs) Pull up on us. Yeah, she'll take care of you. Me and Raquel are we're so different. So different. (laughs) That's an inside joke because usually we disagree on what she thinks is fun and what I think. I think your class would be fun. I just don't know (laughs) if it's your type of fun. If I can get out my head and take it. That's the biggest. If I can get out my head. (laughs) Well, you can come to the class and sit and watch. Yeah, I'm wondering like, oh my gosh, who's looking at me? Like I'm that type of person. Oh my gosh, I feel so silly right now. And then you'll realize, like, damn, ain't nobody in here looking at me. I would love to hear more about hair and mental health and and ah. physical health. I feel like that okay. would be a great conversation. So if y'all are going to have a podcast discussing that, I definitely would love to tune in because I, oh, okay, like, yes. I think that topic is not widely discussed. And it's so important yes. for both mental yes. and physical health. Yeah, hair and emotions yes. go hand, hand in hand. hand. And I've been doing hair for 30 years. and I can look at people on TV when they do a radical change and I Mm -hmm. can tell you, especially females, I can tell you that most of the time when women do radical changes as far as their hair, like if they decide to cut all their hair off, it is a release of emotions. Mm -hmm. It's It's not just about, you know, I just decided to cut my hair. It's usually a lot more involved in the cutting of the hair. They're trying to shed something of their past, a bad experience, or let go of weight. So hair and emotions go Mm -hmm. hand in hand. Yeah. So that's good, Sin. We are definitely going to look at doing an episode on that. We have some wellness things coming up. Yeah. And we would like for you to be a part of that. And we'll give you more information about it. We're putting it together as we speak. You speak our language. Yes. (laughs) We talk about kindness and self-care. Yeah, I like the the affirmations. Yes, that's a wonderful thing. So, well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we wish you well. We wish you well. I wish both of you well. Thank you again. Do you have a question or comment? Do you have a great story or you want to share something exciting? Is there a topic you would like us to discuss? Email us at rnrexperience1 at gmail.com. 
That's the letter R, A and D, the letter R, experience, the number one at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.